Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. Ha 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 ha! What are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the Star Wars world? My name is not Christopher Marinin, but you are still listening to the Star Wars Friend Show podcast, part of the No One Is Listening podcast network. Uh, with me today are my Star Wars friends. Uh, this is Josh, and I am back from C2E2, and I couldn't be more bummed to be going back to reality. This is Kyle, and I also hate reality. Unanimous. Yeah, it's, yeah a, it's, I mean, it's if hard. we're going to go that route, <laughs> it's hard. Uh, my name is Justin Oldham. Christopher is not with us today. He is uh, still returning from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. He is uh, on vacation with his fiance uh, this weekend, so we we hope he had a blast down there. Um, but if you're new to the show, if this is first time listening, we welcome you with open arms. Um, no matter what you're a fan of in the Star Wars universe, uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, for those that have been listening for a bit, uh, we're glad that you keep tuning in every week. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the content that we've been providing. And we love interactions on Twitter, Facebook, Insta uh, with all of our listeners. So whatever you whatever you fancy as your social media network, uh, please feel free to hit us up there. So with that, like I said, there's a lot going on this week. Um, Chris was at Disney's Galaxy, Galaxy's Edge this week. Um, he is going to give us like a full rundown of his trip. Uh, I know I hit him up for some pickups while he was down there. Uh, there was an Ahsoka plush that I wanted from him. And then uh, I think he picked me up that Black Series set with the Hondo in it. So I'm super stoked to get that. Uh, did you guys Did you guys hit him up for anything while he was Just there? Just also the plush. And it sounded like he didn't find any more than like one or two. Um, but I'm hoping it's he's lying and it's a big surprise and he's going to come home like Star Wars Santa Claus and, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, that was the only thing. Does Star Wars Santa Claus carry a blaster or a lightsaber? Whatever he wants. He's got a whole bag of tricks. <laughs> it's magical. What about you, I feel Kyle? like that. I feel like it looks like a Jedi, like a red and um, white Jedi robe. So he'd have he'd definitely have a lightsaber for sure. Nice. Sorry, Kyle, go ahead. And it would be green for the whole holiday theme. Uh, I asked him for one of those plush Ahsokas as well. 
I'm in the same boat as Josh. He said that he couldn't get his hands on them, so I am tempering my expectations, but I really do want one. I want that Black Series Hondo, too. That was a good idea that you asked for that. I should have asked for one of those, what? but I'm hoping to get down there sooner than later, so yeah, hopefully it, I'll be able to get my hands on it one way or another. It's crazy, though. Some of the markups on those three-pack of Black Series is over $100, and they retail, I think, 470 in the park. So there's, you know people charging so you're saying i should buy four or five of them yeah yeah like if you can there get you them go. and dole them out to people apparently you can make some money on them but i've seen them going for anywhere of a hundred dollars to 125 dollars. but i find that ridiculous when it's basically repacked black series figures the only new one is the hondo but um it is a but it's hondo it is hondo it's a beautiful <laughs> figure so for me it was well worth it uh i contemplated the uh the commander pyre um, and Mountain Trooper set with Kylo Ren because it had the little mouse droid with it too. But uh, ultimately, I settled on the Hondo. So because uh, he's the one figure you cannot get anywhere else, and and that's the one that I wanted. So, um, so Josh, you spent some time at C two E two. How was that? Yep, I was at uh, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo this weekend. Um, Love an expo. What's that? <laughs> I said I love an expo. I do too. Um, I actually, no, I think, thankfully I've not shown any symptoms of con crud uh, yet. So that is good. I did uh, not spend a whole lot of time in the bar. So that usually helps me not come home with like a sinus infection from my GERD, which that was what was happening to me almost every time. Cause I'd go a little, go a little hard in the, at the con bar, you know, when you see like the, the power ranger guy and the, the B list character from pirates of the Caribbean hanging out in the bar, you know, you kind of want to partake. Buy him a Bev. Yeah. yeah I, get it. I, I got, I got, um, Austin St. John, the red power ranger to buy me shots a couple years ago. It was pretty wow. great. So nice. yeah, the, the original Jason. So, um, but actually, I didn't end up doing a whole lot of Star Wars stuff this weekend. There weren't really any Star Wars guests besides Ray Carson. And unfortunately, her panel and her signing were when I was at a wrestling pay-per-view. Um, the one thing I like, the one thing that I, the only thing that I like more than wrestling is Star Wars. But unfortunately, um, the pay-per-view was higher on my list than sure. uh, that particular wrestling of, thing. Yes. Rise of Skywalker. They did have the uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization out uh, early sale for C2E2. Um, you did not pick hmm. one of those up, though? I did not. I figured anything that was scandalous in there would be on the internet, and here we go. Sure that happened. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, and, and I saw some of the people leaking. I could literally see, like, in their... Like, oh, there's their badge, or they're like programmed some C2E2. So we know exactly who it was uh, leaking it on online this week. Um, but yeah, uh, but I did get a lot of pictures with Star Wars cosplayers, which I, I was like, I got to generate some sort of content for the show. But I did see some cool um, things that I hadn't seen before. Uh, probably my favorite one was I got a picture with a, th- a Commander Thrawn of the Chiss Ascendancy. Uh, mm-hmm. So Thrawn in his Chiss uniform instead of his white uh, Imperial uniform, Not which was classic pretty cool. Very nice. nice. Um, and I had I had a nice uh, inspirational talk with a guy from the Mando Mercs about joining. So which I didn't really need, but I think Tab did. So that was helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was it was a really good time. Um, nice. 
did a lot of wrestling stuff, um, and um, and here I am. I'm back. Did you did <laughs> so, you see any cool? Back, uh, did you see any cool crossover outfit? Like any cool crossover cosplay between different pop culture uh, shows or genres? Um, not really. And it, so I will say, and it was kind of disappointing. The one of the few disappointing things was it didn't seem like there was as much cosplay this year. Um, as there normally is. I, I go to C2E2 every year. I've gone to C2E2 every year except for last year because Celebration was around the same time that C2E2 normally was and I had to kind of pick. Um, but I did see uh, Homie the Clown from In Living Color. That <laughs> was name hilarious. Um, but he, no, I, Did he whack people with a sock full of he, nickels? Or he whatever? had the sock. I didn't see him like whack it. anybody with it though. Nice. Um, but no, I mean, I, I saw a lot of good cosplay, but not, not really any crossovers and crossovers are really cool, but mm-hmm. yeah, those mm-hmm. are some of my favorites. I saw a really good Rick Sanchez stormtrooper at, um, at celebration. I saw Grover Yoda, which was really cool too. Life size mm-hmm. must've been a child in there. I would assume. And I've, yeah. I've, oh, I was going to say, I didn't see a single Boba Fett, which blew my mind. Wow. And I saw several Mandalorians, but none of them, like the Mandalorian, um, and none of them had a baby Yoda. Wow. So. That's surprising. That was interesting. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The Mandalorian cosplayers there. There was a stormtrooper who cracked me up though. He was, I saw him for at least a good hour just standing by the entrance and I asked him, I said, did they step up security? He's like, yep, I'm just trying to make sure. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking, you, like, you're really committed to your to the craft here. Like, just. Yeah, yeah. I like it. In Go character. full out. Yep. Nice. So. Nice. I've never been to C2E2, so I, it's definitely on the list to check out at some point. Um, is it in comparison to uh, Celebration Chicago, right, that was just there last year? Is it yeah. bigger or is it smaller? Um. Well, so Celebration was definitely bigger because they had the the thing about C2E2 is C2E2 is like this con that could be bigger and I don't know why it isn't. It's put on by Reed Pop, who does Celebration right. and New York Comic Con, right. which are both huge, but there are never any there's never any real exclusive pieces of merchandise or like movie studios or anybody coming to make any announcements. So they never really had re like, you know, we went over to the wind trust to do the big panels. Like they never had anything that was big enough news to be at that, at that venue. And I've never understood why I feel like it could be big. It's the third largest city. It's centrally located. It's got an international airport. I don't know. It seems like they, they get like one A list, like A A A list guest every year, maybe one or two, and then a lot of people who maybe were an A list guest fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and you know, like they had Mark Ruffalo this year, and then the next biggest he person, was probably the headliner. Yep, the next biggest person was probably like William Shatner. Hmm. Which I mean, I mean yeah, but I mean <laughs> Shatner. Yeah, right. so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think to some degree that's typical of the convention circuit is um, actors who were kind of big in the 80s and 90s are still really popular at a lot of the conventions, right? 
Yeah, just it's interesting to me. No, yeah, and that's yeah, that's fine. But it, it what doesn't make sense to me is how they don't have. Um, there's not a figure. There's not some kind of major, some kind of draw, a reason yeah. to go there, right? Well, yeah. th- there's definitely yeah. a reason to go. It's a it's a great con, but I just I'm always interested to see like other cons that they do will have like fifth, like ten to fifteen people the level of Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Mm. Maybe not 15, maybe 10 is more, but yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, someday I will actually get there and check that out. Hopefully Um, when we get, uh, when we get Chris back later this week, we'll hopefully get a rundown from uh, galaxy's edge and all the cool stuff he got to experience there. Um, Earlier this week, we did have some bigger news drop concerning high Republic. And on our last episode, uh, Kyle, we all got a little high on Republic here. Uh, yeah, so we, we enjoyed it. Um, what were your thoughts? Cause, uh, you know, as a reader as well, you know, we're curious to, to what maybe you thought of the new books and the authors involved in the project. You guys covered most of the stuff I was thinking as well. So I, I don't have anything really groundbreaking, but I thought the artwork that they released all the concept, the covers, the, I, I thought it was exciting. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was obviously from a different era, but also still recognizable as the Star Wars universe. So that was exactly what I was hoping for. I didn't really expect any more detail than they gave. But what they did show was exciting to me. And I, uh, one thing that really stood out was all the different lightsaber colors, which there was some of that in old canon, legends, whatever you want to call it. And it's something that's also been a bit of a hot button topic as of late because, you know, Ray, Ray popped a yellow lightsaber. Spoiler alert. If you haven't happened to see the rise of Skywalker <laughs> yet first, uh, she, she popped that yellow saber at the end. Luke's got one in the upcoming or recently released Canon comic. And it, I think it's just ultimately something that people are curious about. Uh, there's no, Nobody really questioned the blue and the green, but then Ahsoka got that great explanation for how the the white blades mm. exist. And then in the Vader comic, they explain how the Sith turn the kyber crystals and make them bleed to get the red color. So then I think the natural train of thought is, well, then what's the deal with those other colors? And I think there was such a, a rainbow of lightsaber colors. I'm I'm hoping maybe they they dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you upset at all that there was no, uh, movie or TV production involved with it at all? Cause I know there was a couple people out there that were upset that, Hey, Oh, this is all we're getting is new books, new comics. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on no, I guess, uh, media production there? I'm not trying to high road anybody here. I saw some of that on Twitter as well. And I, I don't really get it. They, when they announced project luminous, at celebration, maybe even a little bit before they said it was books that mm-hmm. it was going to be literature, that it was going to be um, not movies and TV shows. So I don't know why people decided that was Part what it, it was going to be. Yeah. I, I don't know if there was that rumor about a high Republic movie being in development. And then people just kind of found out that project luminous was the high Republic and rolled that all together and made assumptions right. or what, right. but um, all all new Star Wars is good, so yeah. I oh, yeah. I was happy and I'm excited for it. And I think 
it's a new era like you guys discussed and they're not their hands aren't tied in the way that they are in the time of the traditional Skywalker saga and I think that's really exciting to be able to start essentially fresh. I know there's still some question marks based on the timeline, but so speaking you, you talked right into where I wanted to, t- where I wanted to steer you. I was feeling you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think about the stuff I was saying about the timeline, not really making sense, at least for what they were kind of how I thought felt like they were presenting the way the galaxy was going to be. I agreed with you, but I think that number 200 that has been thrown around a lot. I'm not sure where that number came from. I, I want to say that we don't really know when this takes place. I think maybe four, maybe five, maybe 700 years before the old Republic. Um, do you think, or the new Republic? Do you think maybe sorry. it was just a slip, but, like somebody, slipped and said due to 400 and then everybody took it and ran with it, but it really wasn't well, supposed I to have a year associated with it. I never, I never saw the 200 from an official source. Like, did they say that at the press release at the press event? I thought it was written in the description somewhere that it was two to 400. Um, so like the span of those books and comics takes place between 400 and 200 years prior to but i never saw that from an official source i just saw that number start popping up from other secondary and third party sources so i'm not convinced of that number i could be proven wrong right now with whatever (laughs) josh is looking up but (laughs) i I forget you guys can see more because i move my camera back (laughs) I, i i don't think that 200 number is accurate because then there are too many question marks. We know for a fact, and this is a this is something you guys stumbled on without me a little bit, but we know for a fact <laughs> Chewbacca is at least 250 years old yep. in The Rise of Skywalker because they say it. So 200 years, you know, Chewbacca is being born, let alone uh, Yoda mm-hmm. and these, you know, th- that's recent history. Things should be closer to what we see in the prequels, um, you would think. So I think those timelines are longer which doesn't mean that maybe the story doesn't sprawl and kind of end up 200 years before the prequels but right i'm i imagine they're going to start that wild west uh knights of the round table type story that they were talking about uh, further closer out. to 500 or longer yeah. years yeah. before that's gotcha. my guess i could be totally wrong but yep you know who i re uh, i read today because I, I, I saw this article that like I thought might be helpful. It was like 10 characters or five, six characters or something that who could make an appearance in the high Republic due to like when they're alive, like familiar characters. And so Jabba is also old enough to have been around. And then they were also saying, I think, and I think this was just clickbaity, but they were saying, well, we don't really know the extent of Mother uh, Talzin's powers or how old she is so she could be around. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm, we're, That's a reach. Darth Tenebris? Yeah. Maybe. Well, he's already Maybe. been confirmed. He's done all the posters. <laughs> Heard it here first. Yeah. StarWarsFriends.com. Hot take. Hot take. Huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's certainly more to come on High Republic. I'm sure we'll get a, a lot over the next couple of weeks leading up to uh, 
celebration in Anaheim here uh, in August. Uh, another bit of information that dropped uh, earlier this week was we have working titles uh, for the Obi-Wan and Cassie and Andor series. Obi-Wan is going to be called Pilgrim. Um, and Cassian Andor, and I have no idea where this came from, but it is called White Snake. Here <laughs> I go again on my own. Yeah. I knew that's I where we were those going. Are working, working titles, code names. Like Blue <laughs> is that like Harvest Blue Harvest? Or, yeah. yeah. Or is this like, are we going to get episodes of The Pilgrim on Disney Plus? I'm not sure. I don't know. They just. I wonder if Tawny Katane's going to be involved in the Cassian Andor series now or not. She's on the hood of a of a I Razor Crest ship, maybe. I don't know. I really hope that uh, that um, Obi Wan Kenobi has the belt buckle hat, the Pilgrim hat, <laughs> in his show. <laughs> Gotta love working titles. Keep you guessing, yeah. huh? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he will, Josh. That's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> well, with all the news coming out, uh, certainly one of the big things that we've been kind of talking about the last couple of weeks, and we're now two episodes into uh, season seven of The Clone Wars. Uh, we had the new one drop on Friday, uh, episode two, which is called A Distant Echo. Um, and it was uh, a continuation of the first one where we see um, Rex and the Bad Batch and Anakin uh, trying to find Echo um, and go in search of their friend uh, and see where that leads them. So uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to our local resident Clone Wars expert, Mr. <laughs> Kyle, to uh, divulge us and, and drop some Clone Wars knowledge on us. Yeah, this one was not quite as deep as the first episode. Uh, there was a lot of shooting droids and things here, but like Justin said, it's season seven, episode two. This is a distant echo. The writers again are Matt McNavet and Brent Friedman, like we mentioned last week from the first episode, but they also listed Dave Filoni as a writer on this episode two, in addition to the others. Stuart Lee is the director for episode two, and he is credited as being the longest running episodic director of the Clone Wars nice. during the original run. So he's wow. definitely got some experience. We are set on a Naxus again at the beginning, and then the majority of this episode takes place on Skako Minor, which is a planet that is run, which basically means owned by the Techno Union. It's a core world, which means it's also not far from Anaxis, another core world. It's home to the Skakoans, which is what Watt Tambor is. We're going to get to him in just a minute. And the Prolitex, or Poltex. There we Poltex. go. The Poltex. Yeah. These are the purple, red, beige, kind of lanky natives. And they worshipped not dragons like Justin <laughs> is going to tell you here shortly, but these are winged reptiles called the Kyrdax and they, they ride them around for like horses, but they also fly. So are much cooler than horses. Had we ever, Gosh. had we ever gotten, uh, had we ever seen what Watt Tambor's species is prior to this in any episode? Like, has that ever been known or was this the first time that he was called a Skakoan? That's a good. I don't know. Question. I had never. I'm I had never heard it before. Percent sure. That's it, the first time I saw the name was today when I was yeah. looking this up. It doesn't sound familiar to me either. Yeah, I know he's. Although I don't up know if I knew Clone his Wars name either. Times. 
What'd you say? <laughs> I said, I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I knew his name. I knew he was the leader of the techno union. And I think that's yeah. probably about as far. Well, um, that's, that's all you really need to know. Right. Yeah. You think with me and my, you know, my impressions of separatist <laughs> leaders that I would know more about Watt Tambor, but apparently it's not. Well, you really need to correlate. get this one into your repertoire sooner than later. <laughs> I can't do that. Like the, you know, I love that part in the movie. That was good. That was not bad. Frampton move he does. Yeah. Yeah. What was I going to ask you? Oh, so is I had, I think I might have a misconception about core worlds. I thought core worlds were all like more developed. I think it's more location in the galaxy. So the core worlds are closer to the center and most of them are developed. Like Coruscant is a core world and this is developed, but it's like uh, manufacturing more than residential and got it. Okay. Not so many so, people, you know what I mean? So They're making cons- ships and yeah. armaments okay. and things. Makes sense. So it is developed, but we're just, we're looking at the, the sentience we're looking at are the techno union people. We're not looking at the, the, the other natives that we didn't know about until this episode. Right. And, and I think it's, it's developed in like a different way than Coruscant, which is, political and they have uh you know they got a nightlife and there's uh, all the residents there i think this is very industrial mm-hmm. more like um i don't know assembly lines and factories and things yeah. and it was interesting though to see that there's because those were the only two species of uh habitants that they named mm-hmm. right but yeah. they're very clearly two different um uh, what do I want to say? They're they're very diametrically opposed. You yes, would say. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Different exactly. evolutionary tracks. Maybe. Well, yeah, it, yeah. It reminded me sort of of the uh, on Naboo, where you have the Amidala's land dwelling people, and you've also got the Gungans, who seem to, although they both reside on this same planet, they definitely well have true, gone but two even separate ways. But the Gungans had submarines and some technology. I mean, they have to. Oh have, yeah, I'll give you that. They're they had the little bubble houses than, so that when you walk in, you're dry, versus when you walk out, you're back in the ocean again. Which that I mean, that is a slick <laughs> move, right? Like, well, and, yeah, they're. And I mean, they're definitely real. more advanced than these uh, yeah. techs here. That's yeah. for sure. The the Nubians were colonizers. Humans aren't from Naboo, like you that, know uh, that that's true. They right. were usurpers. Yep. I, <laughs> Which is why the Gungans live underwater now, people. I mean, it's it's hard to hear, but it's the truth. They drove them from their native land. Drove, drove them. There drove. we go. It was anyway. Uh, <laughs> we're not anyway. at Feed. We are not on Naboo. We are on Skako Minor. Yep. Um, Wat Tambor, as we mentioned previously, he is a Skakoan. Very easy word to say. Uh, he's the foreman, which is the leader of the techno union, which is a commerce guild technology firms. They, they produce droids, they produce warships, they produce weapons. Uh, most notably the droid army is complements of the, techno, the union. Uh, techno union here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and despite that, this is something that come, I, I am only mentioning this, I, not a lot of people think the politics are boring, but this is a big part of Clone Wars. The Techno Union was simultaneously supplying the droid army to the Separatists while maintaining their neutrality in the Senate so they could vote 
to continue the war because they were also selling starships and blasters to the army of the Republic. And this comes up multiple times. It's sort of like what the trade Federation was doing. Mm -hmm. It's very much what Palpatine was doing. Uh, The banking banking clan gets involved in stuff where we're playing both sides of the war. This is touched on in the last Jedi in a different way on Canto bite, but basically people playing both sides of the coin. Um, they're for their own money. benefit. Yeah, they're making money. Yeah. Why not? Money talks, man. Yep. Don't make dollars. It don't make sense. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Watt Tambor, because they are supplying the droid army, he earns himself a seat on the Separatist Council, which is all well and good until he gets slaughtered on Mustafar by Darth Vader with the rest yeah. of the Separatist Council at the end of Revenge of the Sith. The last other thing I have for this episode is this is what Justin was asking me about before we started recording is the droids we find in that super tall tower at the very end of this episode. They are different. This is the first time we've ever seen them. They are D wing air support droids. This is the first time they've ever showed up in star Wars canon. And I'm assuming we'll see them again in the next episode, but I guess that's yet to be determined. They are equipped with built-in blasters. They don't carry blasters and they have fold out wings. Then they can enter a flight mode, which we did not see. Uh, but I have to assume if they're able to do it, we're going to see it or else what's the point. Right. And, and I'm hoping that they're more effective when they're flying than when they're just walking around because they seemed less effective than the B-1 battle droids. <laughs> well, they Clone Force 99, Justin, these are the best <laughs> of the best. We've got our top clones on the job. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were inept at best. Oh, I'm going to read the fortune cookie too. That I, I don't know if I made that term up. I'm sure I read it somewhere. I call the little, the mm-hmm. little thing at the beginning... The fortune cookie. I don't yep. know, yep. but I'm giving you the one, credit. I don't. What'd you say? I'm giving you the credit. <laughs> I I'm sure I stole it, but I don't know where from fortune cookie where it's a thing, but it says the search for truth begins with belief, which as it always does, it's sort of the theme of the episode. We hope you're enjoying the clone wars recap show on the star Wars friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. So what we're looking back on the episode, to me it seemed like it was pretty straightforward. I didn't get... You know, being a continuation, I thought we had more of the storyline set up in the previous episode than this one. This was just kind of a continuation episode. Um, But there were some nice tidbits that came from this episode. Uh, You know, towards the beginning when uh, Rex and Anakin are talking um, with, um, uh, what is his name? it's escaping me at the moment. Not Wrecker. Uh, oh, with Hunter. With Hunter. When they're talking with Hunter, right? They're talking about the plan to go find Echo. And then Rex, uh, Anakin kind of alludes to a task that he and Rex have to go take care of. Yeah, he says, first we have that uh, thing, <laughs> thing we to gotta do. do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, so 
and at that point, you know, we're, you know, you're kind of wondering, well, what are they talking about? And then the next thing you see is they go back to the barracks. Uh, you might've been wondering what else would Anakin be talking about? If he's not <laughs> slicing something with a lightsaber, he's trying to get his eyes on Padme. Exactly. That's what I know about exactly. Skywalker. So he heads into the barracks. He takes Rex's helmet as his cover. Uh, Rex is standing guard outside and he goes in and he has, we got to say this is weak cover. It did yes, not fool Obi Wan, not for right. one half of one second. It did not work at all. I mean, and how does Obi Wan not nope. see like Rex like pound on the door, like, "Hey, he's coming, yeah. he's coming." But um, anyway, to he, be clear, Rex wanted no part of right, this. And right. It was quite he was obvious. very uncomfortable with <laughs> Which this. I liked. Um, but anyway, so he sneaks off, Anakin sneaks off, he gets into the barracks, he puts his little hollow disc down and he has this conversation with Padme. And I thought it was a great conversation with Padme. I thought the dialogue was, uh, actually really, really good, uh, as far as the banter between the two, um, you know, basically they're kind of talking about the situation uh, that they're in on Skeko Minor and how Anakin's been gone for a while. Um, and he's, you know, a little bit concerned about Rex because I think he knows that um, Rex's emotions are starting to come into play and um, he's concerned for him. And, and Padme, uh, Kyle, what was the line says to him? Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite parts. I have a few quotes written down here. So she... Um they're talking and at first she says they're talking about how long he's been away and we know this is difficult for them because we've seen it in the movies and and she says to him the republic needs you on the front lines just as they need me in the senate um and this is a great illustration of their relationship i think they are both very duty bound to what they feel like is their responsibility to the republic uh, but they still want to be together and you can really feel that in that conversation. But what you were, what you were getting to is, is Anakin is worried about Rex and he says to Padme, it's Rex. She, she prompts him because she can tell something's wrong with him. Mm -hmm. And he says, it's Rex. I'm worried. He's letting his personal feelings drive him too much on this mission. <laughs> Super ironic. If you've ever met sounds, Anakin Skywalker, sounds familiar. And she says, "I wonder where he learned that." <laughs> Calling him right out, typical Padme fashion. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is precisely when Rex is awkwardly stalling Obi Wan at the door, like we were just talking about. He has an absolutely no good explanation for for what <laughs> Anakin is doing in there alone, and Obi Wan is also not buying it at all. Right. right. Um, Padme says, you've known Rex a long time. When you throw caution to the wind and take chances, where's he? Anakin, right beside me. Then maybe that's where you should be for him, Annie. Trust his instincts like he trusts yours. Anakin says, I'm trying to look out for him. And she says, I know you are. And I, I loved this. This is my favorite yeah. scene in the whole episode. It, you, you get to dig into Padme and Anakin, which is you don't get enough of it in the movies, in my opinion, for that relationship to a hundred percent work. But when you add the context of the clone wars and yeah. these types of interactions, it really, really does. And you can tell the love that they feel for each other. And more than that, you can tell the compassion that Anakin has for all these people around him, for Obi-Wan, for, for Ahsoka, for Rex, for Padme, obviously, but he's not, it, it's illustrating how tragic his fall really, really is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, because that's what the story is. It's the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker and turn to Darth Vader. And it's a tragedy. And oh, yeah. you, you can really see it because he, he is trying to win this war. He's trying to fight the good fight. He's trying to protect the people around him. And ultimately for it, he becomes like the most horrible person in the history of the galaxy. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was some of the better dialogue, uh, I think in this episode and, and I, I like, it was well acted too. It was well voice acted. Those guys uh, are good. Yes. And, and I think that's, you know, when you, when you see attack of the clones or you see revenge of the Sith, we lost a lot of that dialogue that could have been really, really good and helped, um, you know, uh, flush out that, relationship between the two and make it better so that you really kind of felt the love between the two. But I don't think we got that completely in the movies. And I think clone wars has done a great job of expanding that and, and putting those conversations in there that uh, really kind of take you back. I will never in my life disparage Hayden Christensen or queen Natalie Portman, <laughs> but the, the dialogue in clone wars, the animated series it's written better. Yes. It is oh, yeah. more natural. It it has more heart to it than better. the dialogue, mm-hmm. and especially Attack of the Clones, which is just not really good. <laughs> uh, on the rewatch we did before Rise of Skywalker, I and I said this on the episode then too. It yeah, it you could have anyone say the lines that Anakin says that Hayden says in attack of the clones it's not his and fault. they are a hundred percent cringe. It's like, mm-hmm. George, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. He needed to get carried a doctor that script up for him. <laughs> but uh, the, it, it just proves that any like required viewing of star Wars list that's ever made that doesn't include clone wars. Is inherently flawed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did like during that scene too the outfit that Padme was wearing. If you kind of notice, it was not the exact same thing, but it was very similar to what she's wearing in Revenge of the Sith when she travels to Mustafar to find Anakin. I thought that was a nice little little uh, costume callback there. Um, but we anyway, we see him leave the conversation. Anakin walks out. Pretends like he just fixed uh, Rex's broken helmet. Yeah. Um, and Rex is I'm like, I'm not trying to monopolize this conversation, but this is my other favorite yeah, part, too. So he walks out and, and he strolls by Obi Wan, clearly like moving on to the mission. And uh, there's some uh, great dialogue here as well. Yeah, there's a, few, there's a few things going on. So, one, Padme convinces Anakin, Rex stands by your side, even when you do these crazy things and people don't support you constant theme of the clone wars is Anakin flying by the seat of his pants and his people standing by him. And he agrees with her and he comes out and Obi-Wan is trying to have this debate with him. And you can tell that the council probably doesn't really support this mission and he doesn't care. They're going for it. He blows Obi-Wan off. We're going on this mission because it's important to Rex and he has a feeling and I'm going to stand by him. Like he stands by me, which is a great moment. Sure. And then also Obi-Wan who's struggling to get <laughs> Anakin's attention and Anakin's ignoring him and blowing him off says, I hope you at least told Padme I said, hello. And Anakin stops <laughs> in his tracks and he thinks about it for a second. And he kind of looks over his shoulder at Obi-Wan and just walks off. And it's, it's so good because 
you know, Obi-Wan knows. And it's like you just said, we are approaching the inevitable collision of the Clone Wars and the Revenge of the Sith. It has to happen. It's what's going to happen at the end of this show. And they're really leaning into it. You can see these, you can see the hairstyles, you can see the clothing changes. I think Mm -hmm. you can see it in the, the relationship dynamics of they're trying to lead up to this point. And we're getting to where Anakin is going to turn to the dark side. And we know Obi-Wan already knows about their relationship. He just told him basically right here. You, I mean, you might read that a little differently. Your mileage may vary, I guess. But to me, Obi-Wan is fully aware of this right now. And I also believe that Ahsoka is fully aware of it because of the way she addressed Anakin as she was leaving the Jedi Order. I really believe that Yoda knows too mm-hmm. because of Anakin going to visit him and discuss his visions of the future with him and, and get counseled by Yoda. And we know Yoda is wise and he's obviously meditated on this. So the the point is when Anakin felt like he was backed into a corner, he thought he had to turn to Palpatine, but he yep. had these other options. He could have gone to Obi-Wan. He could have gone to Yoda. He could have gone to Ahsoka, but he didn't feel like he could. He didn't know that they knew. He didn't know that they were still going to love him anyway. And that they really, in their own ways, they all kind of understood too. And like I just said, that makes that fall that much more tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really, like, it's right there, but I never really thought about it that way. And that is really, that's really rough to think that, to think that, you know, he turned to Palpatine because he didn't feel like he had the support. And to think that all the, most of the major players knew all along and didn't, it seems like to me, they do exactly what they do with his other, maybe non, not perfect Jedi behavior where they're like, well, Anakin's doing something in his own way that isn't technically what he's supposed to be doing, but we're letting him do it because he's the chosen one because, because we like him because he means well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it, the, the very flippant, like sarcastic or joking way that Obi-Wan says that to him makes Mm -hmm. me feel like it's not the first he's known for a while. And Mm -hmm. it's not the first time he's maybe said something to him. Like he's trying to plant that seed. Like, Hey, I've, I've been there. Let's talk this out. You know, I can be there for you. Yeah. I I think it's hard though for Anakin too, because he know I mean, think about how much weight has been put on his shoulders since becoming part of the Jedi Order, right? He was basically told by Qui-Gon, you're the chosen one, right? Even though most of the council and most of the other Jedi maybe go, are going, no, he's not, right? Or, you know, we're not going to train him to be a Jedi. They let him do it anyway, and they continue to let him do these things. But I think he knows that if he... He, he's very conflicted. He knows that if he admits it to them, they are going to tell him to leave the Jedi Order because you can't have attachments as part of the Jedi Order, right? So part of his concern is, I don't want to get kicked out because I'm supposed to be the chosen one. If I'm the chosen one and I get kicked out, he fails, right? Or I think even maybe, more than that, I ahead. think even more than that, he's scared of losing their relationship. Because that's what, that's what Anakin fears is I think even more than just being a Jedi, being part of the, the order, 
he values those personal relationships. That's why Ahsoka leaving broke him. His mom dying, mm-hmm. you know, this vision of of Padme dying that he could not get over. That these are the things that over and over and over really break Anakin. Yep. That he fears are going to happen, and then do essentially irreparable damage to him if and when they do happen. Right. And right. And I, I think I, he can, I think that's where he's has a hard time. Like I can leave, right. And maybe still have Padme, but I, I know I'm having these visions where something is going to happen. So I still kind of need the Jedi order to be able to save her, my relationship with Palpatine to save her. So he's really stuck between like a rock and a hard place. Like I want to let him know, but I can't let him know. I want to leave, but I don't want to leave. He's got all these things going on and he's just kind of stuck in the middle. And that's why I think, Clone Wars for him as a general is a great place for him to be because it's, hey, just go do this. Go do your job and like achieve, you know, go through the missions, work your missions, achieve your goals and move on. Right. It's structure for him. And I think that's very good for him because without that, he's back to this relationship and this awkwardness between all these people that he cares about. And there's not really a good way to to there's not a good solution for it. When he and when he reacts to things like when when he sees like with with visions and things like he's it's he's like zero to a hundred. It makes me think of like the Mortis episodes where he gets shown like what he's going to become, mm-hmm. and then he he's like, "Screw you, Obi Wan! I'm leaving you in the pit. You're not going to support what I have to do," and just like takes off to try to like. Go, I don't know what, like, I don't patience. know what he was, if he, he was going to learn that patience part. So good. Right. <laughs> Not at all. Ahsoka did. Ahsoka yeah, did. She, she tried. To Master Sanube. I got it. I and forgot that, his name the other day. It was Master Sanube. <laughs> that's something I wanted to touch on too, while we're talking about this is if you, since I've watched Clone Wars a few times, if you watch it with this in mind, you can see Ahsoka finding out about Anakin and Padme throughout the series. And it'll start with these little comments. She'll say something like, Oh, you and master, you and master Skywalker actually have a lot in common. Oh, yeah. no wonder you guys get along so well. Oh, 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 Oh. And then by the end when he's like, I've thought about leaving too. And she's like, yeah, I know it, She is discovering their relationship throughout this whole series. And it's really subtle and it takes, seasons but it's if you're looking for it it's a really interesting thing because nobody ever tells her they're always obviously everybody's trying to hide it but along with all these other people ahsoka knew too hey it's actor and writer maggie lovett and you're listening to the star wars friends What's happening, listeners of the Star Wars Friend Show? You may recognize my voice from just a few seconds ago as Christopher from the Star Wars Friend Show, but did you know that I'm also one of the hosts on the No One Is Listening podcast with my uh, not-so-Star Wars friends? Hey, I like Star Wars. Don't knock me for not liking Star Wars. What? Everyone loves Luke Solo and <laughs> uh, Emperor Peppermint. Peppermint Peppermint. That's David Derrick, y'all. That's nice. uh, We host the No One Is Listening podcast, and we invite you to catch up on season one of No One Is Listening podcast at Noyle Podcast. Podcast.com or no one is listening.org. Hit us up on social media at Noyle Podcast. And you also want to check out those What's Your Favorite episodes because we got something in the tank. 
Season 2 dropping March 31st, 2020, y'all. Season 2 of No One Is Listening Podcast. So catch up on us after Star Wars, friends. March 31st. Card subject to change. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of the Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. So we follow Anakin, we follow Rex, they go board the ship with the Bad Batch to head out and find Echo. Um, on the ship, there's also some interesting things happening on the ship. Uh, mm-hmm. I need to get on Wrecker's uh, weight training program. Uh, that yes. was quite impressive. Single arm over hard <laughs> presses with the gonk droid. Those things are huge. <laughs> what you guys don't know, though, is I looked it up on Wik- Wikipedia, and the gonk droid was actually counting out his I reps. I thought that. I thought that. Yeah. He was like, gonk, gonk. gonk. <laughs> I thought that too. I like it. Um, but it was interesting because, you know, it, they're having conversations. Anakin's looking at the sniper rifle for a crosshair. Um, you know, Rex offhandedly kind of says, well, hey, you know, I know you guys work with Cody from time to time, but who do you guys ultimately report to? And, um, and um, God, is Hunter keeps, he kind of yep. says, eh, we don't really report to anybody. Basically we're, we're black ops. You need to go way higher than anybody that you know, to find out who we work for. Um, Which to me, I think that means they directly report to Palpatine. I, yeah, I would think so too. Yeah, I would think so too. But, um, it was just kind of interesting to hear that comment. Like, yeah, we don't really report to anybody. We're, you know, well, they were intentionally cryptic about it. And I wonder if that's going to come back around, if they're going to elaborate and fill that blank in, or if they're just going to let it hang there. Yep. And there was, uh, so they have that conversation. They find Skeko minor, they land, um, and instantly they get attacked by dragons, People on flying dragons. Here we go with the friggin' dragon. It's not a dragon. It did not breathe a single breath of fire. Doesn't know magic spells. They don't uh, talk. It's not a dragon. All right. Crush my dreams, Kyle. It's fine. It's um, not high fantasy. <laughs> that was last week. That was last week in High Republic. <laughs> kind of reminded me of that, that creature that you fight on Dathomir in um, Jedi mm-hmm. Fallen Order. But not as big, obviously, but... You know, so you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a little bit like the glider lizard thing Obi Wan rides around in Revenge of the Sith too. A little bit, yeah. Hmm. Um, so they they land on Skeko Minor um, instantly. The uh, Kyrdek lands on the ship and kind of hops around and aggravates the crew. Uh, they jump out of the ship. Um, you know, but it's not really attacking right away. And it was very strategic that the one distracted while others kind of swooped in. Uh, yeah, and, and then when they are pretty strong too. Yeah. And then they got distracted by the one swooping in and the one that was on the ship hops off and grabs Anakin. Cause they clearly recognize him as the standout and the leader. Um, and lo and behold, Anakin loses his again, damn lightsaber again. because Jedi always lose their <laughs> lightsaber. They need to put a wrist strap on those motherfuckers. Yeah, Cause all life. they do is drop them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just look. It's like it's a Wii remote. With yeah, this. Something. <laughs> Can I get a rubber band? Uh, like attach it to the belt with a wallet chain? Like anything? They cannot hang on to these things. I have one of those little retractable cords for my badge at work. <laughs> yeah, maybe like they can get one of those. I don't know. Yeah, like the school janitor with his keychain. Anything. Right. Right. So anyway, Anakin gets picked up. He gets flown off. Um, and I I found it a little haphazard because Rex just starts opening fire at the Kyrdek and the Ryder and Anakin's just hanging. One. Rex and he's just like, pew, 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 like firing <laughs> off shots. And he's, yeah, right I'm like, okay, what if you hit Anakin? Like, it's kind of a problem. But then Crosshair steps in and says, I got this. And uh, loads up the grappling hook, uh, tether thing and hits the uh, the Kyrdek in the, what was it, the foot? Or he, he tagged him somewhere. Yeah, he, he caught him. I like how he kind of used Tech's shoulder as a tripod yeah. there. Yeah. Set up right on him. And then, uh, so Hunter basically says, I'm going for a ride and, and starts tagging along and tracks him back to their base. Was that Hunter that that grabbed it and and went for the ride? I got a little confused mm-hmm. on that part. So he was on Tech's yes. shoulder who like called out the coordinates and then... Uh, who is it? Crosshair shot it, and then Hunter grabbed the yes. grappling hook thing and went for the. He went ride. for the ride, and then told Eka or uh, told uh, Tech to track his signal uh, when he landed kind of on that rock cliff. Um, which that reminded a- me of um, Michael Keaton's original Batman movie yeah. from back in the what is that the eighty nine or ninety or whatever, where he has the grappling hook attached to his belt. It was one of the better Batman movies. We'll we'll save yeah, that we'll save that debate for a later day. But um, yeah, so he fly, he flies along. Uh, tech tracks him. The rest of the crew gets in the ship. They fly over to Hunter. Uh, Hunter basically says, uh, you know, they're down below. So they come up with a plan. Um, they roll a giant boulder down a hill through the village I, to distract him, and then I run behind this the, the boulder. Reverse Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah. They ran behind the boulder. They had a name for it, and I can't remember what he called it. Uh, rock slide, rock slide, rock slide landslide, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're running behind the boulder. They get into the village um, and quickly kind of turn the tide and and help free up Anakin. Um, but then here's where tech comes in handy, right? Because he's yeah, got a translator in his helmet. Very right? cool and interesting. Yeah, yeah, you need him, Kyle. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> couldn't have brought a droid. so anyway he's got google translate in his helmet there and just starts and i you know i know there's a lot of fans who are into aliens and and are into alien languages so this was although it does eat up a little bit more screen time to do the translation i appreciate that they got yeah an alien species an alien language and an alien writing because you saw it pop up on his little inside of his visor yep. that he was looking at and yeah. then translated into the arabesh it was not subtitles it was not hey we're just going to speak english it was or basic it was just this is their language and this is how they talk so um that part was great which they did kind of sound like if you guys listen to the audiobooks the star wars audiobooks whenever they're in a cantina scene and there's background noise there's like this little garbly, bubbly, low tone noise that happens in those cantina scenes. It sounded very much like their language. It was just kind of interesting. Mm. I just listened to it and I was like, man, I feel like I'm listening to an audiobook right now. But um, anyway, so the leader um, basically says, you know, we took him because we don't want your war on our planet. And they're like, dude, we're not here to 
bring more to your planet. We're just trying to help our friend and, and then we're leaving. Um, I think this is a little bit, <laughs> I don't know that this was a hundred percent accurate the way they were presenting this. This is a, as we said earlier, this, this is a techno union planet yeah. that the Republic has come and established a base on and is orchestrating attacks. So they did sort of bring the war there. I know that's not really here nor there. And the Republic is the quote, good guys, but I think right. that was a little bit manipulative yeah. <laughs> the way they presented that to the indigenous peoples. Yep. Yep. So they, they get the help of the scouts uh, from the Poltex scouts. They lead them to Wat Tambor Towers, um, which is a very nice place to live. Uh, they look huge. <laughs> Assuming you're not scared of heights. Right. The 1,021st floor, apparently, is where your apartment would be. Um, but anyway, they lead them to the towers. Um, you know, Bad Batch gets to the bottom. Um, they, they get the door open. They send, uh, they send crosshair in there to scout it out. And he basically looks back and goes, it's a lift (laughs) and there's nothing more to it. It's a lift. Um, and then at that point, um, (laughs) they're going up in this ginormous tower that stretches to the atmosphere. Um, but, uh, the, the scouts leave them at that point once they, they get over there and they go up in search of their friend there. So it's truly an architectural marvel. I don't even it, know how that thing stands up that tall, I, especially with the winds and how yeah, the conditions of, of that planet are. It's crazy. Yeah. They did a nice little thing that it, it really um, showed how tall it was without like, it was kind of like a direct thing that you had to notice. It's like the whole planet is like dark and gloomy. And then when they get to that floor, it's like sunny. So they like, it's so, it. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it was so, so high. high that it's above the storms. Yeah. So they get in the elevator and uh, I don't remember which one of it, which one of them said it, but they said, hope nobody's scared of heights and clearly Wrecker. Anakin said that. <laughs> clearly Wrecker is uh, scared of heights. Um, the guy can lift gonk droids over his head, but does not like heights. And he, you know, I can understand gravity in him. You know, they've got a thing. So. Yeah. Uh, he's not scared of heights. He just has an issue with gravity. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not the fall. It's the sudden stop at the bottom. Yes. Yes. So they get up in the tower. They're tracking echo signal kind of off and on. Um, they determine that they can only track it um, when he is, what is it? Sending a signal. Is that right? Yeah. When that's he's, what they said. They, they keep losing it. So yeah. tech determines, which seemed pretty obvious to me, but he determines that, they must only be able to get the signal when there's one actively being sent or received, which there isn't all the time. Right, right. So they track the signal. They finally find uh, the room where Echo is being held um, through some maze of, of tunnels and hallways and whatnot. And they find where he's held. And when they uh, when they get there, Tech's got to open the door. But then we get an encounter with more of these D wing battle droids coming in, right? Trying to oh, they get oh first they get the message from Watt Tambor. He pops up. Yeah, when they're trying to break into that room where where Echo's being held in that little stasis chamber, they get a message from him because he had already been warned about the attack was coming. Yep. yep from so, trench. Yes. The the. Gross spider called him and said they were going to come and attack. So he he was prepared. That's why there's umpteen thousand droids waiting for him. And he pops up with his classic bad guy like, 
oh yeah you thought you were gonna win but i knew you were coming and now we're gonna shoot you and so yeah. all the droids come but but uh tech and and rex are managed to break in while the other ones are holding them off and that's where crosshair does his cool run and slide across yep. the floor while i pop a couple droids up and stand up and take them all out which is probably like the slickest move in the in the episode <laughs> well i i liked it when anakin and crosshairs come around the corner at first because they weren't with them at first they'd gotten mm-hmm. separated i think they were going off a different direction yeah they split up intentionally to search yeah. all those rooms when they couldn't find the signal but they come around the corner i think it's hunter had grabbed one of the droids by the neck at one point and he was about to like stab it but then crosshair shoots it in the head yeah. while he's holding it and it just pops the head off and he looks over to the right mm-hmm. and here comes crosshair and anakin coming uh, in hot I thought that was pretty cool too. Like you can just see the, how in sync that group is um, as a unit and their fighting style. Cause even when they, you know, moved out after they defeat the first wave, they move out and it's basically this two hallways converging in this one spot. You got two over here and two over here, just kind of holding it down opposite directions to give Rex and tech uh, Rex in effect time to get into the uh, time to get into the room. So, um, does that make Wrecker uh, Joy Fatone then, or <laughs> he's he said they were in sync? They were in yeah, sync. Yeah, yeah. I also said Rex in effect. I also said Rex in effect too. Did say so. that. <laughs> <laughs> we're just dropping uh, a bunch of. Uh, is, is this a boy late, <laughs> late ninety early nineties groups here? Um, so anyway, Tech and and Rex get into the room and. Uh, Tech goes to work doing his techie thing, trying to open the door. Um, and he, he says there is a, a biological signal in there and, and they get the door open and pops out here, pops out echo attached to Which was uh, a super creepy. Yeah. Like horror movie scene where he falls out of that stasis chamber and there's something plugged into his head mm-hmm. and you can see his eyes are rolling into the back of his head and they're basically reading his mind and, He's not even in control of it, but he's hanging from all these wires and he's half cyborg and it's really gross and sad. It was a very cool shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's very malnourished. They, they must've been giving him enough to keep him alive, but not enough to, you know, um, give him any strength or do anything with. So he's very undernourished. Um, I thought it was interesting when um, he kind of first, you know, falls forward. You can see his eyes glitching and, and almost like technical jargon. And then Rex climbs up and he pops the first hose off of his back. And he says, you know, figure out how to unattach him or how to get him detached. And the very first thing I think that echo says was a callback to securing the transport back to uh, the Citadel episode. Yeah. That's when he died. Yeah. Cause that's when he died. So he went, way but as soon as he popped that hose out he said i'll secure the transport blah 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 and you know and the next thing he starts kind of coming to and he's like wait where am i what you know what's going on he's like i'm not at the citadel anymore and something is clearly wrong and uh rex said it's okay and then at that point he realized he's like oh you came back for me and uh, i thought that was a, a big moment because we talked about that uh, on last week's episode, right, was leaving no man behind. And that's very important to the clones that they don't leave anybody behind. They don't leave their brothers behind. And, and Rex coming to get it, I think, coming to get Echo, I think Echo was kind of, uh, I don't want to say shocked, but he was surprised, pleasantly surprised well, that he'd come back to get throughout him. Throughout this episode and the previous one, how that is eating at 
Rex. Rex. Yeah. He can live with losing his brothers yep. during a war because that's part of the war. But the idea that Echo survived and they left him, that yeah. was torturing. Yes. Yes. I I really liked that like they found him and how you know, it all worked out. But I I did I thought that one thing I I I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I thought something could have been done that was better. I I didn't love how he became lucid so fast. Like I thought it would have been a better cliffhanger if they pull like end of the episode. And I know that like this storyline has been like public knowledge mm-hmm. to those who look for it for what like five years now. But right. Um, just think that the they pull him out and he's not aware that he's there and that Rex is with him or whatever, or what's going on. And they have to like, maybe it like bleeds and the episode ends and we don't know what his like mental status is and right. that bleeds and they figure it out in the next episode, but it gives you that moment of like dramatic tension. Even though we saved him, can we, is he already gone? Did we really kind say, of thing? He, yeah, yeah, he's already know. gone. Yeah. And, it, and that, and it, and I feel like the ending that I just gave kind of fits the threat that we got from from Watt earlier when he says mm-hmm. your friends your friends are already de- your friends dead we have his his mind is ours or we already right. have his mind mm-hmm. or whatever he said like it would have fit that and then you know obviously they end up figuring you, you, you know want them to figure it out but just in the next episode right yeah I agree with you there I think that could have been that could have been a little more interesting yeah so they get him they the last thing that you see is um tech kind of running back into the room uh just to kind of help clear things up and camera pulls back and rex is there comforting echo and then we're going to jump into episode three we move on yeah and i imagine they're going to have some difficulty getting out of that their tower <laughs> it is a tall tower so it is a tall tall uh, tower which apparently has uh two ways out one being that elevator and the other one being jumping out the bay door so yeah so with that, we would move into what is our next segment, so doubly called, That's Not How the Force Works. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. Oh, really? You're cold? This is where Chris may or may not <laughs> put in the voiceover <laughs> slash bumper for this segment. We'll find out when you do. Tune in next week. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, so where do you think we're going next week? What do you think is going to happen? Um, well, like, like you said, I think that they're going to, they're, the hammer's going to, the other, the, the other shoe's going to fall and they're going to have a really hard time getting out of there. Um, but obviously they are, but I'm, <laughs> I am interested to see how that happens. Does, does you know obi-wan or someone else from the council realize that maybe this isn't going to go well so someone shows up to kind of save them maybe not save them but help them escape or you know i i'm not really sure and i and i don't know what the storyline is like i i think i realized it was already out but we were talking about how it was already out like last week or the week before and i i part of me wanted to look up what it was and i was like no 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 it'll be it'll be much more fun just seeing it as it goes Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I think yeah, I, I my 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 thought is that someone probably helps rescue them. Yeah, maybe the Poltex they come to aid them. 
Maybe. Could, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. on their on their on their flying dragons. Uh, yeah, on their dragons. Stop trying to trigger me. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see those you? droids fly. That's my prediction. Those. Ooh, yeah. Those that's droids that can fly bet. that did not fly this episode. Those yeah. mothers are flying. <laughs> what are those called again? D wing. D wing. Something. Oh, something? does a D stand for dragon? Hmm. I knew they were D wings. Are dragons the new Boba Fett? Now everything's a dragon. Everything's a Boba Fett in the Mandalorian. Everything in the Clone Wars is a dragon. If they can bring dinosaurs in for High Republic, they can bring dragons in for the last season of What is a dewback if not a dinosaur? Uh, Right? What's a blurg? If well, the not little a dinosaur, lizard thing Justin. that uh, Obi Wan was on in Revenge of the Sith. That was a di- I, I'd call that a dinosaur. That's a dinosaur. Even. Yeah, I'm on board. Um, they are D wing air support droids, not dragon wing air support <laughs> droids. <laughs> we we better if we if we have if the dragon or the dinosaurs become we canon. <laughs> hold on, no, this is good. If the dinosaurs become canon, and then at some point in the future. They are on screen somehow. We better get a little bit of the Jurassic Park theme from John Williams in there when we see him on screen. Oh, bring it full circle. I would love that. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm in the one, the top 1% of uh, John Williams listeners on Spotify. I was informed this weekend. <laughs> Just a little humble brag. That's for the listeners because we definitely already knew. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I could see the Poltex maybe coming to help if they seem like overrun and them stepping in and and giving them a hand because um, they realize that the separati- the uh, the um, techno union is not the greatest thing on their planet since sliced bread and they would uh, welcome a change in getting rid of those people. So uh, I could see the Poltex stepping in and helping them if they need assistance. Um, do you think we lose anybody from Bad Batch? I don't the, think in so. the escape. I think they're all going to pull through. Yeah. I wonder if we see the Bad Batch take out a Jedi during Order 66 at the end. Mm, that could be interesting. Mm. Um, did you guys happen to see the cut footage from... The, it was like the rough cut edited footage like that was never released part of that. The you one. talking about the Padme pinup? <laughs> yes, the Padme pinup. <laughs> I'm not oh. sad they cut it. I'm not either. I didn't, it didn't feel like it was the right place for that. Um, Yeah. But it was certainly interesting to watch and see from a directorial standpoint where they were going like, let's do this. No, 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 no. Let's cut this. What are you talking about? She's so in, in the original story reel from 2015, this scene that we talked about at length where Anakin talks to Padme on the hollow projector did not exist. There was some other scene where a Republic starship comes in. It maybe it's the bad well, batch. It was ship. there. It was theirs, and they were going over to it because Wrecker makes a comment and as it he's has going up like inside. A, a World War II style pinup of Padme Amidala on the side of the ship. And what what's the comment, Justin? Uh, I I can't some I I can't remember what his comment was. It was not uh, not appropriate, but yeah, um, there's some kind of thing about, and then Anakin has some kind of retort to it. But yeah, he's like, it, oh, that is not staying there. Is was his retort yeah. was that is not staying there. Um, so and, in, instead of this little Anakin and Padme relationship set piece, we got the much much better one 
with him hiding in the barracks talking to her on the hologram in my yeah. opinion yes oh yes much better i'd rather have the dialogue than that little snippet because it didn't really Plus, serve it, that's a purpose a, that's a little tone deaf in 2020 right? yes agreed Who, who's agreed. putting who's putting a senator <laughs> <laughs> with her with exposed like high cut leg showing uh <laughs> on the side of their starship that just doesn't i don't know it doesn't seem no. right no, and I, I'm a fan of pinup work. I, it's it's yeah, me too. And I'm, I'm, a I'm a fan of Natalie that. Portman slash Padme Amidala for that. Yeah, matter. it just seemed out of place where right. it was in in Clone Wars. So, um, all right. So with that, any other predictions? Any other crazy predictions so far in Clone Wars? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, so with that, let's blow this thing and get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Um, all right, so we had a busy week, uh, weekend, excuse me. Josh was certainly busy, and Chris uh, was certainly busy. He's traveling back, uh, I think, as we speak right now, um, and we'll get his Galaxy's Edge rundown sometime probably later this week. Um, but we did announce a competition on Twitter, and we were trying to um, get up to, what was our original goal? We were trying to get to 500. 500. And we ended up... We smashed it. We are at 698 right now, I think. Or at least at the start of this show, we were at 698. So that was huge. So as we continued to gain Twitter followers, we took it from one winner to uh, five winners, actually. Yeah, Chris upped it. He said, if we get to 550 before the poll is over... Uh, we're going to do five winners, and I, I believe by the time the poll was over, we might have been over 600. Yeah, so it shot up there, and we, we appreciate everybody following us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, um, SW Friends Show on any one of those social media outlets. Um, but we certainly appreciate everybody uh, you know, following us, retweeting things that we post out there. Um, it's very much appreciated. And if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, Please feel free to send them to us at any one of those uh, DMs, or you can email us uh, um, at, I think it's show at starwarsfriends.com. Um, but with that, so our, our grand prize winner is going to get a sweatshirt, a Star Wars Friends Show sweatshirt with it's host nice. edition. a host edition. Nice. Yes, it's very yeah, nice. There's, there's only like four or five in the whole world. You're going <laughs> to get the next one. Yep, this would be the first uh, first one released. It'll have your name or whatever you want, I guess, in Arabesh. But uh, don't get crazy. Come on. <laughs> underneath one the logo. Word. One word, name, preferably, some kind of name or nickname. Um, and then the other four winners are going to w- uh, take home a T-shirt, Star Wars Friends T-shirt uh, that we have printed. So um, what we did was we took all of the Twitter followers um, put them in the amazing Google random number machine and we drew some numbers. This is way harder than we expected <laughs> it to be also. There, we'll peek, there, peek behind the curtain there and uh, we <laughs> had a hard time figuring out how to do this. But there we did have and been it's technical legit. difficulties. May have been. Uh, but we did well, it. All of the other things that we've done have been like 
tracking retweets or or comments or whatever and there's plenty of apps to randomly pick those there are not very many to randomly pick from your entire followers list right but we made it work we figured it out yes and if anybody knows a good one please feel free to send it to us for future use it'll make our jobs a lot easier but um anyway so we we stuck our list in in the machine and we drew random numbers out um and our uh, do we want to do a grand prize winner first? Or we want to no, do a t-shirt, t-shirt winner first. Oh, what is this? Have you ever so, watched Miss America? Give me a break. <laughs> Our first t-shirt winner is Greg, who is on Twitter at Rebel Base Card. Uh, Greg at Rebel Base Card is our first T-shirt winner. Um, there you go, Greg. Thanks for following. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Our next winner was, um, and, and if I don't have a name attached to this, when you email us to claim your prize after this show, please include a name so that we can thank you properly on this show. But why don't, um, why don't we have him DM us on Twitter so that, that way it's go. attached yeah. to the DM us on Twitter about. after you That's listen to the Josh show. And uh, let us know your name, and, and we can thank you appropriately. Our next winner of our T-shirt was at Mission Missions Rebel at Missions Rebel. Um, our third T-shirt winner is M Jedi Fifty M Jedi Fifty, and our last T-shirt winner, and I love this name, is Darth Poopsy eighty eight. Darth Poopsy, been Darth waiting for Poopsie. that this whole episode. That was that is a quite the Twitter handle. I like it. Um, and then our grand prize winner, our sweatshirt winner, is Magda at the classic Magda on Twitter. And so Magda, you are the grand prize winner. You get a sweatshirt. Um, you can put Magda in Arabesh. You can put a nickname in Arabesh. Whatever you want on there within reason, like you know, a name. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we're, not, we're not printing a book here, Magda. <laughs> yeah. Not uh, not do or do not. There is no try. It just doesn't fit on the sweatshirt. So, But if you're um, one of those five winners, shoot us a DM on Twitter. We know you've yeah. got it because that's where we found you. And we will hook you up with your prize. Thanks yeah. for being a follower. And I'm assuming this show will drop probably Monday or Tuesday, depending on when Chris uh, finds some time to do some editing. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's going to be tired when he gets back from vacation. So, uh, but yeah, um, so reach out to us, DM us on Twitter. We will gladly get your information, get those prizes over to you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to everybody, uh, for helping us get those numbers up on Twitter, um, and for following us. And, and again, if you can know casual star Wars friends, if you friends, friends, or friends, if you know Star Wars friends, um, if you have casual Star Wars friends that are on Twitter um, and you want to give them a good follow, suggest us to them and say, "Hey, maybe you should check these guys out. They're pretty cool." Um, we love. We are a great follow. Yeah, we we love uh, we love associating <laughs> with all of the toot people toot. on Twitter. <laughs> um, we're pretty active on there, actually. So um, you know, if you if you tweet, Justin us, was just amazed by how many tweets we sent out, actually, but not too many. It's just the right amount. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but feel free, uh, send us a message, uh, tweet at us, and and we will we will do our best to get back to you and reply. So. Um, but yeah, congratulations again to the winners. Um, again, we appreciate all the all the help uh, in getting those numbers up and the listening that you guys do. So, I mean, if you do, you got to claim your prize, or we're going to yes. have to give it away to somebody else. Though, so shoot us that DM. Yes. Um, if you don't claim it, I'm just going to take it. I think <laughs> I'll have two hoodies. Yeah, it's a rule of two. It. It's just like him. <laughs> it's the rule of two hoodies. 
Yep. <laughs> and my one will, my one already says my name. My second one will say Boba Fett on a dragon. That's what I'll say. Uh. <laughs> All right, on guys. On that note, on that note, um, if you guys want to, re- if you guys want to reach out to the show, you can reach us at show at starwarsfriends.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Um, Kyle, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, we're going out of order. Justin's uh, no, fucking this up. up big time. <laughs> Can't wait for Chris to get back. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle, and I am at KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram. He went out of order, but at least he he said your name he first. Threw it's okay, that's fair. I yeah, did. no worries. <laughs> uh, this is Josh, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. It's a way and, better name than mine. <laughs> and you can follow us at SW Friends Show on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening, and that will about wrap it up for us. Uh, may the force be with you guys always. always. Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.